I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me as we get ready to look ahead to Saturday's trip uh, over to Wickham Wanderers. First up, uh, Mr. Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nathan? Living the dream, mate. Yeah. Living the dream, yeah. yeah. Well, you're about to get away from here for a while, aren't you? So you don't have to think about Charlton for a couple of weeks. Well, we did, well obviously listening back, well, I listened to it on Saturday. It doesn't sound like I missed a lot, which is good, which is a nice thing. We'll say that. You know, I'd love for us to win 5 0 and I missed that, but. Um, yeah, at least I didn't have to go and watch it, like, unlike you, obviously, you two. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And now you're jetting off on holiday for a couple of weeks, so you'll be all right. And uh, also join us, uh, man who's going on Saturday, Lewis Cathead in Luke. Yeah, not too bad, mate, not too bad. Yeah, but look- could do with the holiday, though, to be yeah, fair, instead of going to Wickham. Yeah, looking forward to getting back on the horse, are you? Oh, yeah, can't wait. <laughs> really <laughs> looking stuff. forward well, to it. If that hasn't got your adrenaline pumping for the uh, the game on Saturday, I'm sure the rest of the show will uh, as we get ready to discuss the, the game. Uh, with the chair, boys, we're going to hear some injury news uh, from Nigel Atkins, the Addicts boss, uh, in a few moments' time. We'll also discuss uh, with him how he's going to sort of try and learn from the defeats. Uh, I heard something the other day that you, uh, you that there's no winning and losing, it's winning and learning. I think we've got a bloody doctorate at the moment, the amount of defeats we're picking up, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so we're going to hear from Nigel Atkins uh, on that. We're also going to hear from James Richens from the Bucks Free Press. He's our Wickham expert uh, on the show today. Uh, and then, of course, we'll uh, gear, gear up to that game with Wickham, discuss who we'd like to see come into the team, etc., uh, etc. Et but first of all, you may have seen the big news today, some injury news um, that was announced during press day. Let's hear what Nigel Atkins had to say. Sam Lavelle's fine. He's trained all right. He's just had a move. Obviously, his first game, the emotion of everything. Obviously, you can see he's just struggling towards the end of the game there, but he's trained all really well this week. Okay, and uh, Ryan Innes, I think you're waiting for an update on, on how he is and how serious the injury might yeah, be. Yeah, just to update everybody, Ryan Innes is going to be out for a couple of months at least with a thigh injury, and um, Ronnie Swartz is going to be out for a couple of months at least with a calf injury. Okay. So that's just to update everybody on that. Fair enough. Uh, so it leaves uh, Alex uh, Gilby and Ben Perrington as, as close, hopefully, uh, back training, I think you said last week, so... Yes, Alex and uh, Ben have been back in training. The group's been back in training, Sean Clare as well. So really pleased with that. Obviously enhances the size of the squad with the young players as well who have done great for us so far. So we've got a bigger group of players that are on the training ground now, all working hard. There we go then. So uh, the, the big news out of that, obviously Sam Lavelle's fine, which was nice. But um, Ryan Innes and Ronnie Schwartz, both due to miss uh, two months now uh, of the season. Ryan Innes with a thigh injury. Um, that, that he's picked up. He came off, didn't he, during one of the games? I think it was the crew game uh, that he came off during. Uh, he's got a fire injury that keeps him up for two months. And Ronnie Schwartz has got a calf injury, which presumably he picked up in training or getting off the sofa or something. But yeah, bad. I mean, bad news for both, Nathan. Um, I mean, let's start with Ryan. I think deep down, and it's a shame, but we knew this was unfortunately probably likely to happen at some point. He's had terrible luck with injuries. Yeah, he's had he's had bad luck with any poor lad. But um, I mean, when Sam Lavelle come in um, in the window, I, th- I thought it was key. I know Deji's you know doing well, and he's you know he's, he's had a good game. He's had some good games, but I think it'll be too much if we didn't bring Sam Lavelle in. He'd be chucked in now, and um, I just think if you look at previous centre halves that we had that we brought in, like Joe and Esri, I just think they're a little bit more developed than Deji is at the moment. So I'm glad Sam's in. Ryan, you like you were saying it. <laughs> You know it's going to happen, you know, and he just didn't look right, you know, in the first, in the cut, the games I saw him, he just did, he still looked rusty, because he's not had a pre-season, to be fair to the lad, but um, it, it, we, we'll miss him at set pieces, but um, I just think it's, it's it's inevitable, I mean, you look at his career, he's sort of been, been, there, been sort of a journeyman, really, um, it's a shame, because he's a good player on his day, but yeah, like you say, it was you just could always see him breaking down and this injury, I don't know if it's the same one, 
Um, I know it's, is it his quad or something. But... Yeah, it was his quad last time, and it's his fire this time. So it's um, so, yeah. it's all connected, though. Do you know what I mean? So it could be a time where you're looking at it and go, he's not old, and how many times he's been out, you know, through injury in his career, it's not looking great for him. But you know, obviously, hopefully, now we've got replacements in in Sam, just let him recover properly because maybe it was because we rushed him back. I don't know, but. It's, it's unfortunate because he, he was a great player for us last season. Yeah, I and mean, it's clear they tried to manage him through pre-season, didn't they? He barely played any games in pre-season, maybe played for about an hour tops or, or an hour and a half over the course of pre-season, Lewis. And uh, as Nathan said, I guess the, on, the only good thing to take from this, and obviously sending our best wishes to, to Ryan and, and to Ronnie, of course, is that we probably do have cover in that position now. And, and I guess we'll really see what, what Sam Lavelle's all about. He's probably going to have a decent run in the side now. Yeah, and it's something we discussed on the show a few weeks ago uh, in the build-up to deadline day when we were talking about positions we'd like to see filled. I think centre-half was one that we looked at purely because of that that risk of injury and, and reoccurrence of injury with Ryan Innes. We spoke about his you know staggered pre-season as well, and I think there's always that element of risk. He obviously came into the club at a time where we weren't as funded and we were kind of making those free signings where we seem to pick up players that have got injury records um, but performed outstandingly as Nave said last season I thought he was outstanding has looked good this season so far as well at, at times but it's just such a shame that he's he's picked up another injury which is going to keep him out for a couple of months and yeah it's just as well that we did manage to get Sam Lavelle in um, and the emergence of, of Deji Elorire as well has been um, a real blessing in disguise like a youngster coming through that's impressed in pre-season um, you can imagine him getting a bit more game time because, you know, like we say, over the next couple of weeks especially, we've got a game on Saturday, a, ge- a game on Tuesday, and then Saturday, Tuesday again before Fleetwood and then potentially an international break. So the fixtures are starting to get congested um, already and you may have to rotate players. And, you know, with Ryan being out now, I think we're going to have to look after those that defensive pairing because you know Akin Fainwell as well had a bit of a, a bad injury record last season so we've got to keep our fingers crossed that we can keep the the injuries back there to a minimum and yeah like you say about Ronnie it's a, it's a real shame for him obviously at the moment he's not been in and around the side whatsoever I think you know the whole situation is a bit bizarre I don't think any of us really know what's happening there um, but regardless of his situation being in the squad or whatever you don't want to see him pick up an injury so uh, wish him a speedy recovery as well. Yeah, I mean, it's been clear with, with Ronnie what the party line has been. We've asked over and over again about the whereabouts of Ronnie Swartz. It's always been his, his fitness. He came back to pre-season late, and, and that's all they were willing to say uh, on, on the record about Ronnie. So, um, I, I, again, feel sorry for him. I mean, some of the stuff I've seen today about oh, just, just people forgetting that he is a human being and, and Ryan's a human being as well, and just saying, I'll oh, just get rid. I mean, we still, you know, they're, they're football players that we've asked to play, and unfortunately they've got injured. We still need to remember they're human beings, and I think the last thing they need when they're as disappointed as they will be that they can't play is just to see hundreds and hundreds of fans tweeting, I'll oh, just get rid of him, get rid of him, Nath. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if, if we sit back a little bit and scale it all the way back to the beginning, um, he, he joined us from Michelin and he was he was an outcast there. He did, he wasn't playing, he did, he wasn't fit then. He came in to us because we needed some players. And it turned out that we was on a sort of a, a late, you know, a late of season surge towards the playoffs. So obviously Bose was needed to play, you know, the, you know Chucks and, and Jaden because they were performing well and he couldn't get in the team and rightly so. Um, so he was he wasn't really up to speed at the end of last season, really. And then personal issues have happened over the summer. I know he got married, um, whatever those personal reasons are, and he's tried to get back into it and he's broke down. So yeah, like you say, he's human, and it's not like he's got injured on purpose. Um, I think we can all speculate the reasons why they are, but you know, everyone's entitled to a personal life. Just because they kick a ball around on a field, it doesn't mean, uh, like you say, they don't have feelings and that. I feel sorry for him. You know, we were say, we were just saying off air. I know it was that 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 small glimpse against Accrington, but you can see there's a player there, and I'm not being funny. I know it's the Danish league, and you know the standards he was at before probably wasn't the you know in comparison to maybe Championship or Premier League. But listen, the hardest thing to do on a football pitch is score a goal, and he can do it, and he's proved in his career he can do it. So um, disappointed, um, but again, it, you know when I heard it, it's. Did it surprise me? No, because obviously the club have needed to try and get him up to speed and he's obviously broke down for whatever reason. So, um, but 
there's not much we can do, you know, in the famous word of Bose, it is what it is, isn't it? So we just got to crack on and hopefully he gets gets himself fit because what's that going to be? What, two months? You're looking at, what, the end of November? You t- get a couple of 23 games, you're looking at early December. Right? And then you've got Christmas and then it's January. And then they've got to make a decision, right, is he going to play any part of this season? Or if not, you know, what, what's going to happen then? So... I don't know. I don't really know. It's a shame because when he came in, he, he had good pedigree. Um, mm. And it's someone that could finish. And even Bo said that he can finish. Um, uh, you know, and even he said that about Nabi Sarr. And we all know how amazing Nabi Sarr is. Yeah, starting has um, been a problem, though, unfortunately. Ex- exactly. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, so, unfortunate. Yeah, some good news in that clip, Lewis. We heard that Sean Clare and Alex Gilby and Ben Perrington all being training. Um, I mean, bodies, bodies we need. I think Perrington will be an interesting one as to whether... Now, who sort of becomes the first choice left back between him and Suarez? Obviously, we haven't seen much of, of Pap yet, but uh, certainly pedigree there that you'd think would 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 make him the first choice. I mean, or, or am I am I looking at that too simplistically because he's played Premier League football and, and Ben Perrington hasn't? No, not at all. I think it it gives us a, a diverse set of left backs. You know, we've spoken before about how Ben Perrington's maybe not the best at going forward, um, and Pap Suarez a, a little bit more known for being able to push forward and create chances. And I think Pat will be a real addition because it's been mentioned before with Charlie Kirk about how well he worked at uh, crew when he had Harry Pickering running either side of him as well and, and overlapping on that side with an attacking left back. And I don't think we've seen that from Kirk yet. And I think, you know, obviously the absence of a, of a fit left back has definitely hindered that. Um, so to have Ben coming back and Pat coming in at this time, it's probably a bit of a blessing in disguise because I think they can... They can work well in different situations. If you are pushing a game where you're at home and you want that attacking outlet constantly down the left-hand side, then you'd expect to see Pap going in there ahead of Perrington, I'd I'd say. Um, but in some of those gritty away performances where you maybe need to to batten it down a little bit and you might not play with with wide men, you may bring it in a little bit narrow with a diamond or something where you don't want someone um, and you're shutting up shop a little bit, then Perrington's probably the better option. Um but yeah, it will be an interesting battle and it's competition we need because we've gone from having no left-backs whatsoever to hopefully in the next couple of weeks having two fit and available and raring to go and, and both raring to, to make that start in place their own. So uh, yeah, an interesting battle between those two. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much of a part that Alex Gilby plays as well uh, when he comes uh, back into the side. Uh, right, uh, obviously all those players coming back in uh, will hopefully help us get out of this little bit of a rut that we've started uh, the season with uh, four defeats already uh, after just six games. It's been a dreadful uh, start to the season. Nigel Atkins was asked during press day today um, about how he is around the place and how he thinks he's going to get us out of this rut. Now, from my point of view, you always learn. I always try and do it. It's plan and prepare. Do what you can for the week. And I thought we'd had a really good week's training and preparation. And then it's do the game, play the game do everything you can to get the right performance and win. And then afterwards, reflect on it, you know, debrief it, learn the lessons from it, and then it's a blue line underneath it, and you move on to the next one. We play a lot of games of football, and if you dwell on things a lot, that can actually, you know, um, dwell, dwell and actually, confidence levels can drop down. You've got to find a way of dealing with it and moving forward. So uh, there was a lot of lessons that we learned from the game. For example, we left the, in the first half, we were far too, in our defensive shape, we were far too um, expansive. You know, we need to be a compact shape to press as a team. And we show some clips for the players um, in our debrief. And we could just see, you know, five yards further up, five yards further in, we're compact, we can go and get after the team. Um, and that's just um, something that we've, we talk about constantly. Um, and obviously we changed the shape, that was beneficial. And then you've got to take the chances when they come. But we've put that one to bed and we move on to the next game now, which I think is really, really important. I mean, to, obviously, obviously so there's never a good time for a game like that to happen or for a, um, a performance like that. I mean, is it in some ways, though, better that it comes now so you can, uh, you can address it, and uh, especially with new players, to come in, uh, assist the situation in that respect? You just said it there, but you don't want it to come at any time. <clears throat> However, when it does, <clears throat> even when you're doing well, you're constantly learning lessons all the time. That's an important thing. You learn by failure, uh, but you make sure that you've got to address the situations that happen and learn from that. So, um, you know, with, with, for me, plan and prepare, do, reflect, 
Plan that he again. So we've done that. There we go, Nigel. Uh, talking a lot about how we need to learn from from these defeats. Um, you know, defeats. Unfortunately, we, we've become expert in already, Nathan. Um, I mean, the, the start of the season is absolutely baffling. I was asked. Uh, I was speaking with, with with James from from the Bucks Free Press. Um, we, we were chatting about Charlton's start to the season, and he asked me if I saw it coming. Obviously, obviously, I did not. Um, but it's the situation we find ourselves in. Um, I, the fact that we need to learn from it is obvious, but that we haven't yet. And, and I think that's the most concerning thing. I mean, what, what do you think that Nigel would have spent his time during this week in order to try and make sure that by the time we travel to Wickham on Saturday, we look like a different side to the one that we've seen for pretty much all of the, the season so far? Uh, shape. Shape for one. Um, a system of play. And that sounds pretty basic, but obviously judging by how it sounded and obviously listening to him post-match... Um, if you're playing with 11 individuals, you're not going to win a game of football. And I know you can you can learn from your mistakes, but I'm not being funny. We've played six. And to be fair, I mean, I know we played well against Crew, but let's not, let's have it right. It's not like they've, you know, their squad's been decimated and they were missing their centre-half, Luke Offord. So, yeah, we played well, but it wasn't like we they didn't have a shot or they weren't threatening or anything like that. I just think it might have glossed over it a little bit. Um, that's not to say that it can't get positive because you know, I'm a positive person but if we are going to learn we're going to have to learn quickly because these next fixtures ain't going to be easy and if you take after the what the Portsmouth game if we don't get any positive games uh, results from that then when are we going to learn because we would have been what a quarter away through the season or something or just under a quarter maybe um, so yeah I mean I would imagine he's working on shape because you can't be that open. I mean, again, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But listening to it, it was just constant barrage from Cheltenham, who are a good side. Um, so, yeah, you'd imagine just getting people to know what their roles are. I think at the moment, is when I've seen us, it looks we look disjointed. We look static. We look devoid of ideas. We look one-dimensional. We look um, passive. We just look like we don't really know what to do. So you'll get, you know, the, the fullbacks are clip it down the line. And if Jaden doesn't do something spectacular from 60 yards out, if, do you know what I mean? It's, and that's what it is. So he just needs to sort of try and figure out a system that's going to work. Maybe that'll change when you've got someone with a bit more energy and a bit more know-how with Harry Arter. But again, I don't know how fit he is. Um, but I mean, on the pitch, it's got to be against a good Wickham side who have kept more or less, more or less their team, you know? So... We're going to have to be well drilled and be harder to beat because it sounded like it was so, you know, it was really easy for Cheltenham on Saturday. Mm, I mean, how much of that sort of uh, lack of cohesiveness amongst the side or cohesion is is the real word? Um, do, do you think it will, will still come down to the fact that the transfer window was so slow and we were effectively, you know, if you look at the side that will play Saturday, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how, how different it is to the one that started the season um, on the opening day against Sheffield Wednesday, it feels like there'll probably be like three or four different players starting that team already. Just just six, seven games in, we've had to almost start again. And you know how much how much of this poor start, Lewis, is down to the fact that we simply weren't ready to kick off the season when we should have been. Yeah, it's definitely a contributing factor, and probably the largest one. I mean, we how many times have we discussed season after season recent? You know, over the last what four or five years, where we're going into a season completely undersubscribed and, and without a a full squad and with plenty of business still to be done in the window and you know other teams are trying to get business tied up quickly you know Wigan did very well in their rebuild in the summer and they have a, they've had a really strong start to the season they look decent Ipswich are a side that have done that and haven't adapted yet but that just shows that that many changes it takes time to gel and when we're making those changes and bringing in those new bodies uh, on deadline day or just before deadline day we're giving ourselves a little bit of a, a catch up to do you know we've we, we played four four games by the time the window had a slam shut four or five games and you know at the moment we're not showing huge amounts of signs of improvement and nice bang on I think that with the crew game I think we all got that little sense of optimism um because we managed to win a game but that's a crew side that you know have been completely decimated and we we're brought back down to earth by Cheltenham who just simply outplayed us by doing the basics better than we did and there's a lot that, you know, I, I take it that there's a lot that needs to happen behind the scenes with training and, and getting people to gel and everything. But I felt the international break and, and everything came at the right time for us. But 
there was a lot of optimism going into that Cheltenham game Saturday with the new signings in the building. And I think we needed that as a bit of a lift going into the game. And it just turned out that it was just, you know, it, it didn't really contribute. And we found ourselves on the, on the end of another disappointing defeat. But yeah, quite quite how much of it comes down to the recruitment being so late, I don't know. But it has to be one of the bigger factors because you're you're leaving yourself open and, and not giving yourself time to gel as a team and playing people out of position or, you know, Albie Morgan is the key one here, playing in that number 10, which we don't think he's suitable for. And it's so much pressure has fallen on his shoulders at, what, 21 years of age. And now all of a sudden people think he's he's playing terribly and he's becoming sort of the the brunt of fans' abuse and, and everything, which, yes, his performances haven't been at the standard we probably expect of him, especially now we probably expect him to be like a permanent fixture in that starting eleven. But also he's still only 21 years of age and... It, there's a lot of it for me we were totally underprepared coming into this season I, and I think that we underestimated the challenges of the season ahead but we can't change that now we've got bodies in and now we need to start working with what we've got to to try and turn this start of the season around because so far it's been pretty dismal yeah and the mental aspect of being on such a poor run at the start of the season as well Nathan I mean surely can't help I mean uh, again in, in his press day today Nigel sort of mentioned uh, about this this sort of proverb from uh, from Tiger Woods the golfer about you know how how you take a shot, you take a, a few seconds to um, sort of analyze that shot, whether it went well or badly. But then you you step over almost a metaphorical, imaginary blue line, and then the second you're on the other side of that line, you're thinking about the next one now, and that shot's gone. It is 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 put behind you. So obviously Nigel wants to see the wants to learn quickly from these these games and, and then put them behind him, and you're into your your pre match for the next game. How are you going to be better this time? But even if you are sort of trying to get that in your head, surely there is a hangover and some nerves and, and whatever comes into it from the games that have happened before. You're at the back of your mind, you're thinking, we're on a bad run here and, and now I'm under even more pressure um, in order to go and put this right. Yeah, I think the fair, but when it comes to that point, that's where it comes down to your professionalism and your bravery, you know, be brave, get on the ball, make a difference. You know, like, I mean, talking about quotes, what was it? Johan Cruyff said, playing football is very simple, but playing simple football is the hardest thing there is. It's exa- it, it, that sounds, so, I know it's, pardon the pun, it sounds simple, but it is. But we make things so complex and make life so difficult and ruin our percentages so much by going along so much. And I know, you know, um, Nigel was saying that we weren't passing it and we were going too direct at times. And it's things like that. It's like, it is a confidence thing. I agree completely, but... That's when you're going to need someone on a pitch. You know, maybe it's a Dobbo or someone in that cent- central midfield position. Like a Watson. That's what Watson should be doing. Like, you know, lads, come on, let's get it down and play it simple. Move. But we don't move. We're so static in our play. The only option is to go long. You know, and it's it, it needs you to be braver. At home, I'm not being funny, Cheltenham, like we've said it, we've, we've given them plaudits and rightly so. But you're home against Cheltenham. Why don't you have that swagger about it? You have the arrogance and just go, no, we're going to play. We're going to dictate the play here. But we don't. We never do. I mean, to an extent, we did sometimes under Bo, but we just look devoid. But that's where you've got to... That's what, we're, that's what they're getting paid for, right? It's all right doing your tricks and doing all that sort of stuff. If you want to do that, go a circus. But you've got to, you've got to put the graft in, win your individual battles, and then it's simple. And then you'll get... If you win your individual battles, you'll win more games you lose them. We've hit a low point when we've got to a, a part of the show where Nathan is literally suggesting that some of our players join a circus. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you. kind of with you there. Um, I mean, league, league table, right? I, everyone says 10 games when you start to look at the league table. Yeah, that's fine. We're on four points at the moment after six games. Um, the team currently in sixth, the end of the playoffs are on 12. So we're eight points behind them. I mean... If if we were 10 games left and you had to make up an eight-point gap, you'd, you'd still be a bit concerned, wouldn't you, Lewis? I mean, at some point, this gap is going to have to be made up. And it's probably time that we start to really worry that if we don't if we don't turn this around shortly I mean I, d- I did the maths the other day I mean we, the season could if, if we carry on with this level of form the season will be over in five games and that's incredible to think considering it feels like we've only just started yeah 100% and you say yes it is early on and sometimes looking at the table is probably a little bit premature but when you look at the gaps that are opening up I mean Ipswich obviously down there with us as well probably be in a, in a similar position at some point Yes, the gap's there now. And yes, there's only, what, six, seven games played so far this season. But like you say, 
that ground has to be made up. It doesn't matter whether you make it up at the start or at the end, you've still got to make it up. And you, like I've said before about giving the others head starts by not doing our business early, this is exactly how we've done it. You know, it, it looks at the moment, you know, six points away from the playoffs. We've got that game in hand because the international break, but so have a lot of other teams, really, when you look at the table. So, yeah, it's what Nave said is, is bang on, really, with, with the performances so far. It just feels like we're we're totally off the pace and we just looked average. Like we looked between average and good against crew because they were so poor. Apart from that, there's not been a performance this season where we've looked in it whatsoever. We look completely devoid of confidence. We don't seem to know what uh, positions and formation we're playing. We don't know what system we want to play, whether we're going to lump it long or keep it short, whatever we do, it doesn't seem to work. And it's, um, it's incredibly frustrating that it's a hell of a lot of work to be done to try and turn this around. And especially with, you know, a lot of our players coming in so late that, you know, they're players that have either been, you know, let out on loan because they're not getting in their side or, or a free agent. So they've they've got to make a claim and they're probably a bit low on confidence and the team's low on confidence and the fans are a little bit, you know, shy of patience at the moment because of how bad the start's been. So, you know, yes, it's early doors at the moment and I look at that table and think there's a hell of a lot of time to turn it around. Of course there is, but... I mean, even now, the next four games we've got, they're not easy games whatsoever. You know, Wickham at Wickham, that's a tough game. Gillingham away is never an easy place to go. It's, you know, a, it'd be a little bit of a feisty affair on a Tuesday night. It'll be um, a quick turnaround for the players. And then we've got two massive home games against Portsmouth and against Bolton who are flying. So these next four games, you've got to be looking to pick up points in them. And they're, and they're all difficult games. And if we get through these four games without picking up you know, an, a decent amount of points, then, as you rightly say, it's going to become a, a real worry. And 10 games played, I'd be incredibly concerned if we're still in the position we are now. Well, let's have a look at some of the tweets and emails that have come in uh, ahead of Saturday's trip to Adams Park to take on Wickham. Steve uh, emails in saying, hey, chaps, first time messaging in uh, for me this season, mainly because it's been so naff on and off the pitch. Adkins has got to make changes this week, or I fear that the fans will really turn. The immediate concern has to be the midfield. Morgan and Watson offer no protection for the defence, but also don't show for the ball, forcing the centre-backs to go long too early and often. Watson has to come out uh, for Dobson. I mean, all right, so we'll chat about that first part uh, immediately then, Nathan. Obviously, talk about the midfield. I I thought Watson actually had a couple of good games before the international break. I think he did did quite well in in the win over Crewe. And I think even, was it the Wigan game, he actually did okay, to be fair. Um, But clearly, I I feel like we, we again, struggled to control that part of the pitch against Cheltenham. And we have struggled to control that part of the pitch at times. Obviously, Albie... Um, you know, as I keep saying, this is the busy- I feel like this is the busiest season he's ever had for us. We keep seeing him on the ball quite a lot, but it's probably now starting to get to the point where we're just getting a little bit frustrated that we're not seeing, I don't know, enough from him, enough end product, enough feeding the strikers, whatever it is, it isn't quite working for me. So, I mean, the midfield is certainly a, a situation I think Nigel Atkins will want to try and get a grasp on. And that was a problem at the start of the season as well when we had Dobson and Clare in there. He's tried to change it a little bit and, and it's still not really clicked just yet. Yeah, I think I think the word is balance. Really, I think with Albie, I agree that he should be playing deeper. Um, I think Albie, with his back to goal, coming to receive a ball, isn't he, him. Um, he, I think, in my opinion, Albie's better when he can look up and he can see the play in front of him. Um, but I think to have that, um, he we know his defensive position is questionable, which is fine, which he can learn. Um, as as he matures in the game, but to have that with him, you're going to need someone who's quite agile and can get about next to him, which Watson isn't. Um, you know, I mean, what Watson's done in his career, he's had a great career, he's won FA Cup, scored an FA Cup final, absolutely incredible. Um, but for me, Watson's a player that you bring on uh, one nil up, last ten, want to see out the game, and you get the ball on the floor and pass it. That's the sort of player that I was expecting Watson to be. I weren't expecting him to start in the slightest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then you could say, oh, well, Dobbo could go in there. Yeah, he could, but I think that's quite, I don't know, it just seems quite, not lightweight, but it just seems quite junior. I know Dobbo ain't a kid, but um, I just don't think that balance is there. So at the moment, it's trying to find that sort of system that suits Albie because technically uh, we can get on the ball and he can make things happen I think he set up a couple of guys I think he's got two assists I, I could be wrong um, already so technically he's fine but I, I agree that middle that, that middle part of the pitch um, 
is a key concern and um, he's going to have to find a balance. I still think something Claire can do a job somewhere because um, mm. he's got legs and on the transition, we have nothing. They've it's all got legs, knife. They struggle if they didn't. <laughs> but the thing, yeah, no, but the thing is, as soon as we get the ball, we have two options. We either go long to Stockley or we go, we clip it in a channel, play the percentages to Kirk or DJ or Leco or whoever, but there's no one there to carry that ball. Um, and I think that's what we lack. And, but it's just trying to find that because if 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 you're an opposing team, all you will do is you'll go narrow and go right. I'll have if they go one up top or two up top, they'll have one and a hole, and they'll go like let's flood this middle of this pitch because Albie and Ben ain't going to get anywhere near if you buzz it about. Mm. No chance. They ain't going to put it on their toes. So, but that's the balance that Nigel's got to got to find, and that's the only part of the game that I'm worried about. A pot, well, the main thing is not passing enough and doing the simple things, but. That's the weakest part of the pitch for me. But yeah. that may change now, Harry Artisan, if he's fit. Yeah, hopefully. Right, yeah. So Steve uh, continues the same. It can be said for the fullbacks who in a 4-3-3 have to provide the width uh, and the outlet, which isn't happening and for, uh, again forcing us long. Uh, Matthews has been getting off lightly uh, with fans, but Gunter has to come out. He's been awful. Uh, I'd rather your nan... Uh, played left back we need Leco and Washington back in on the wings and Lee in a number 10 role uh, hopefully this will provide cover to the fullbacks but also help support and get closer uh, to Stockley I'm not confident for Saturday now but it's a massive game I fear Adkins only has four games left to turn this around or we will be in a real relegation battle normally I'd not be worried uh, with the squad we have but the performances are so bad we actually look like uh, relegation fodder uh, yeah worrying signs there uh, cheers for that Steve right Jimmy says I don't care if it's the scrappiest most boring game I just need to see the three points on Saturday ask what changes uh, people want to see Jacob wants to see Jacko coming in uh, for Nigel Adkins uh, Alan says a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2 formation would be good to see uh, make us be stronger in defence and being overrun in midfield uh, but would require a fit left back or wing back Dobson Arter Clare could come into midfield also for energy Leco or Connor up top with Stockley take a point and then try for all three against Gillingham. Stewart said, I'd like to see Atkins let this 4-2-3-1 formation go. It's evidently not working. A very few times uh, we've had good spells this season uh, has been with two up top. Uh, Kirk and Jayasimi aren't involved enough with the 4-2-3-1. Washington uh, starts as well. Uh, Gabriel says, uh, or Gabrielle uh, says, you have uh, stuffed me. I follow I follow both Wickham and Charlton. My beloved uh, late dad played for both of them. So just both wishes and no injuries. That's... Uh, uh, Gabriel Bicknell. Uh, Monty Streak says, uh, if fit, I would like to see Sean Clare return. He can help us win the ball higher up the pitch and hopefully press their midfield. I think we need to switch back to a 1-4-3-3 as we don't have the midfield for a 4-4-2. Tom says, rest Morgan and Kirk. uh, Bin off Watson and get uh, get Arta, Leco and Dobson or Clare in and we'll definitely see a change in how the team plays. And Lewis, well, Lewis Stubbs, very, uh, very honest, just says, I don't know how we can get any better uh, from here. I think he means that, not as in like, we're really good, and it's impossible to get better, but just he's not sure what needs to change. <laughs> if, if he meant, imagine he meant that, like, we, we can't get any better. Yeah, there's no, there's, no, there's no improve. You can't, you can't improve on perfection, Nate. I've always said that. I've always said that. That's why I never tried to make the podcast any better. But anyway, right, let's have a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll chat some more about Saturday's trip to Adams Park. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Into the box, looking for Stockley, he gets it in! And there's the opening goal! Charlton scored! 
absolutely perfect from Albie Morgan. Picks out Stockley, who rose first and flicked it past Fisher for the opening goal. Yeah, and that is a very, very difficult ball to defend if you're a centre-half. I know you want to look at it from Stockley's point of view. He was aggressive. He got above the centre-half. He pinned him so he couldn't make a jump and attack the ball. And then... Once you've done that, it's just a case of getting contact onto the, the football itself and directed towards goal. He did that. We find ourselves one in front, but a delightful delivery from Albie Morgan. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We're uh, pondering Saturday's trip to Adams Park um, to see if we can improve on perfection, uh, as uh, as Lewis Stubbs is asking for us to do. Um, now, uh, obviously, it's uh, it's an interesting record we have against Wickham uh, in that we've beaten them every single time we've played them in the league. Six wins uh, from six games in the league, although we've never kept a clean sheet against them either in the league. It's really bizarre, or at all, because the only other time uh, we played them was, of course, that um, 2007 League Cup quarter final when we were in the Premier League I think they're in League 2 and they came to the Valley and beat us 1-0 it was a very disappointing evening Uh, that was uh, it's been a very disappointing evening so far well the entire season has so uh, let's hope that we can improve that now I spoke to uh, James Richens uh, from the local paper up there the Bucks Free Press uh, to ask him about Wickham Wanderers uh, obviously relegated from the championship last season uh, I asked him about the start to this campaign yeah I think it's been um, I think it's been pretty good I mean six games have gone three three wins you know 50% it's not the end of the world um, I think Wickham have started off very strongly and I think that was evidently clear in the first game against um, Accrington Stanley when they went out the traps and were tuna up in little to no time thanks to Gareth McCleary goals and um, they've, ha- they've hit a bit of a um, bit of a hurdle at the moment um, but I like to think that Gareth Ainsworth will be able to get them out of this small little rut that they're in but I have no complaint uh, no issues with the way this season starts I think it's been a very positive Yeah I mean how how would you sort of assess what the expectations would have been for this season obviously because when Wickham went up it was a big surprise you know a lot of people saying one of the smallest clubs ever to have made it to the championship it was sort of uncharted territory for them to now be back in League One but to be looked upon as one of the sides that perhaps I mean, were they expect, expected to, to challenge for promotion again? I believe so. Um, like you said, a lot of people weren't expecting Wickham to be promoted into the championship and a lot of people um, expected Wickham to struggle. And at the start of last season, they did. They went um, seven games without a win, or seven straight losses, I should say, in the league. They had to wait until Halloween to pick up their first win. But as the season slowly went on, you can see the performances improving and but the back end of last season, they defeated the likes of Bournemouth, who were fighting for promotion. They narrowly lost to Cardiff, who had a revival under um, Mick McCarthy. They beat um, a very strong Middlesbrough side away from home. And you can see that they were learning as the season went on. So whilst relegation was confirmed on the final day of last season, there weren't really any tears. A lot of people were positive because... If you saw the performances, you can see that Gareth Baines have had a good thing going. And I spoke to him at the start of this season. I said, has last season just been a continuation of this season? He said, yes. He said they were on a good run of form. They won their last two games. They won won three of the last four matches. And it was just a case of just carry on what you're doing. And um, I think this season, Gareth Baines is certainly aiming for the playoffs. I think anything outside the playoffs won't be a disaster, but it'll be a huge disappointment for Wickham considering the success they've had over the last couple of seasons. But deep down, they'll like to try and go to the top three, but they'll settle. I I believe they'll happily settle for the playoffs. Mm, Obviously, you mentioned Gareth Ainsworth there, one of the coolest managers in the EFL, and and, and coming up to nine years at Wickham now. um, I, I imagine still pretty universally loved by the Wickham supporters. Oh, he really is. He's um, he's loved not just by the supporters, but by the people of the town as well. He has done so much for that club. And um, when the, the, he's not going to be with Wickham forever. But so when the day he does go, it'll be a really, really sad day because he's been at Wickham since 2009 when he was player, became player manager, eventually um, becoming full-time manager. And he's done a lot for the club as well. Like He's bought stuff for the training uh, for the training regimes, he's done a lot for the club, and um, he's a real solid guy as well. And um, if you speak to him and speak to others, I don't think anyone's got a bad word to say about Gareth Ainsworth. He's a top, top bloke, and Wickham have got a, a top guy in charge. And even after the losses last season in the Championship, he was still sub B. And he always said, "I can see this club going places. I really, really can." And he was right. 
You know, they went to some great stadiums last season and got some very good points. And um, they're just hoping they can continue that this season. And uh, going back to what you're saying, he's a top bloke. And, you know, Wickham are very lucky to have him. And another person whose longevity is impressive, obviously, out of Bayak and Fenwa. Uh, who's, yeah. who's, who's been at the club for a while. I mean, does, does he still play a big part? I mean, obviously, literally and, and metaphorically. <laughs> oh, he's been with the club since 2016 and um, he signed um, a contract extension in the summer and he also confirmed that this will be his final season in um, in professional football and he's done a lot for the club as well, um, both on and off the field and he'll be a huge, huge miss when he does hang up his boots in um uh, in uh, next year and for this season though going into it whether or not he'll start many of the league games I'm not too sure he hasn't actually started any league games so far this season um, he did start the um, the league cup victory over Stevenage at the uh, back end of last month where he scored a brilliant goal but with the likes of Sam Vokes coming in and the new signing from Bristol Rovers Brandon and uh, Brandon Hanlon I think he'll find it hard to make his way into the into the starting eleven, but no doubt he'll be on the bench and um, making a difference if Wickham need his services. And I spoke to Gareth Ainsworth a few weeks ago about him, and he said that he is absolutely fine with his new role now, which is great because he's a he's a brilliant professional at Bayer and he'll be sorely missed not just by the Wickham fans but by everyone when he does um, retire. Um, in April, May next year. Hmm. So who are the players that the Charlton fans should be wary of? Obviously, you mentioned Brandon Hanlon, who actually, actually came through our academy and, and did make a, a few league appearances for us probably five or six years ago. But, you know, is, is he one of the key men? And, and who else would, would you say was uh, among the most important players for Wickham? Well, Hanlon made his league debut for Wickham last week in the um, 0-0 draw against Oxford. And um, despite it being um, a stalemate, he's shown signs of um, real quality. Um, I spoke to Gareth Ames about him and he said that he's not 100% there yet. He's still lacking match fitness because he didn't have a pre-season. Um, he made his debut in the uh, Papa John's uh, Trophy against Yassin Villa under 21s and you can see that he's not 100% there yet but when he is there I think he'll cause defences a lot of problems but the players I think that Charlton need to be on the lookout for are Gareth McCleary uh, we can sign um, as a free agent last season after yeah. he was released from um, from Reading yeah, former uh, Bromley man as well I saw Gareth's first ever goal in, in senior football actually funnily enough because <laughs> you're a Bromley fan I've, uh, I've heard <laughs> yeah I go down there sometimes yeah and um, and I reckon he'll be um, I reckon he'll be one of the players that Charles need to keep an eye out for. He scored uh, twice against Accrington Stanley, and whilst he's not scored since the opening day, he's got himself in some very good positions and has been unlucky not to have a few more goals. And he was also named as Wickham's uh, Player of the Month last month, so he's one of the players to look out for. Um, defensively, Wickham. Um, have been solid, I believe, despite maybe leaking one or two goals here. So I think um, Ryan Tassazzoli and Anthony Stewart, the centre-back partnership, I think they are two players that um, Charlton need to keep an eye out for. Um, Oxford, in my opinion, are one of the best sides I've seen in League One, and it was a breeze for them, both Tafazzoli and Stewart. And Tafazzoli said last week, not once did he feel like um, Oxford were going to score past them, which goes to show how confident they are and what they can achieve. So I personally believe, attacking-wise, Gareth McCleary will cause um, a chart on a few problems. Um, and defensively, I think um, Jordan... Not Jordan, sorry, um, Anthony Stewart and Ryan Tapazzoli will be um, two key players for Wickham this weekend. So finally, how do you see the game going then on, on Saturday? Obviously, Wickham's uh, won both of their, their home games. Uh, as I sort of mentioned to you, uh, Charlton haven't started very well. What sort of game do you think it's going to be on Saturday? Well, on paper, I like to think that Wickham will have a very professional performance. But as we all know, you can never guarantee anything. And looking at the heads-to-heads, we spoke about it earlier. Wickham have got probably one of the worst records against any club in Charlton. Six league games, six league losses. So there isn't, there's nothing to suggest that a shock isn't on the cards this weekend and Charlton can go over the points. But I think with the way Wickham are playing, um, I think it, it should be a Wickham win. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Wickham victory. There you go. Excellent. Uh, thanks to James for, for joining us uh, on the podcast. Uh, plenty of interesting stuff there about Wickham. Um, 
It's an interesting one, obviously. I mean, they're, when they went up from, from League One a couple of seasons ago, Lewis, it was a massive shock. But now the tables are sort of turned because they have had that season in the Championship where they did almost stay up in the end, having recovered from a poor start. And now all of a sudden, I think a lot of people will see them as, as a team that will be fancied to uh, you know, hit, the, hit the top six, you'd say, sort of this season. So the tables have almost turned. This will probably be the first time we've ever played them where we're not heavy favourites. Yeah, 100%. I think they're... Their promotion um, a couple of seasons ago was was a real sort of fairy tale, which is nice. You know, I really like Gareth Ainsworth and what he's done there with the time he's spent there. He's been there. He's probably, I think he's the longest serving manager in the in all divisions. I think, which is yeah, some coming up to nine years now, which is some achievement. Yeah, some achievement, and or the, shows the a thing massive got, lack of ambition. Yeah, all that. <laughs> but the thing they've got going there is is really good. You know, that it's sort of this like family club feel they're all, all together and and seeing them go up was really good and they were unlucky to come down in the end you know it could have gone very differently if they'd have if Derby had ended up getting sanctioned and, and having their points taken off them it could have ended very differently for them so yeah they'll be I think they'll be fancied and rightly so definitely for a top six space anyway they've done some strong business this window as well you know, I think they brought in Sam Vokes which is a, a decent signing and you know he's it's it's a really nice um, sort of story surrounding Wickham Wanderers. And yeah, like you say, it's probably the first time we're going to play them where we'll probably be the underdogs. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward, uh, despite how bad we've been recently, I'm looking forward to going to Adams Park. It's a it's a funny ground and, and where it's located, but I've really enjoyed it every time I've gone. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it as an away trip on Saturday. Yeah, it's easy to really enjoy a, a ground that we always win at, of course. But, um, I mean, one interesting signing, uh, obviously, Brandon Handler, who's joined up, a uh, former Charlton sort of youth product, did play, I think, nine nine substitute appearances in the league for us when I looked this up earlier. Now, if I was surprised he actually made that many, but I do remember him coming on here and there. Um, he ended up, you know, after, after he left us, I mean, we we loaned him out to Bromley, he ended up going to Gillingham, where he got well, 13 in 70-odd league appearances, which isn't too bad, and then... Uh, seven goals for for Bristol Rovers. Um, so uh, seems seems to sort of be refinding his level at, at League One level, and he's only twenty four as well. So it's probably similar route to to the one that Joe Pickett took. Yeah, I think I remember seeing um, Brandon there, and he looked a bit. It reminded me a little of when Carlin first came in. So he looked quite raw. Um, I was surprised. Um, he obviously left us, um, or whatever happened. He wasn't not at the club anymore. So um, I was surprised that he sort of left because I thought you could see, uh, you know, he's got good pace, quite a good physique uh, that age, and he's obviously found himself a little bit. But um, yeah, he's going to be a threat, just like they've got. They've got quite a good f- sort of forwards, haven't they? You've got Brandon, and you've got Kai Kai. Uh, you've got the old Bromley boy of Gareth McCleary, aren't you? Still going, um, Sam Vokes. Uh, and they signed someone else the other day, didn't they? I'm trying to think who else they signed. Might have Hanlon's only just come in, so that might be who you're thinking. It might of, have but, been them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, because without, without really Hanlon coming in, you looking at Sam Vokes, he ain't going to beat your back line, is he? So you could have maybe pushed up a little bit with him. Guaran- guaranteed he's going to beat our back line on Saturday. Now you said yeah. that. He's going to well, find I mean, a way it, to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think, he, I think when he was playing for Gillingham, I think he played against and he was a bit threatening, but he was never, you know, prolific. But listen, he's at, he's, he's at a good club in, in, in Wickham. He's got a good manager good stable secure club so um yeah I, you know I, I hope he does well apart from Saturday and when we play him again but um it's always nice to see obviously former youth products doing well just like Joe Piggott yeah excellent stuff right obviously from a Charlton point of view it's a massive game for us we desperately need to start to sort of turn this uh, this dreadful start to the season uh, around and uh, Nigel Atkins was asked about it during his press day today uh, asked if the likes of Harry Arter and Jonathan Lecco are in contention for a start on Saturday everybody's in contention you know, obviously, after the, um, you know, we're moving forward. We've got a, a large group of players who all want to be involved and all want to play. And um, you know, we've got a good energy about ourselves going into this game. Wickham and Gillingham are two potentially contrasting styles, uh, two contrasting teams at least. I mean, Wickham just down from the Championship, so they're bound to be they're going to be a tough side. Gillingham, Steve Evans side, Gillingham always going to be a tough, tough ask. So, uh, one good thing uh, is that we'll have travelling support, good travelling support. Jimmy sold out now, I believe, and uh, there'll be a good support coming to Wickham as well. And Courtney, is it for a positive reaction? So give those travelling fans a... Oh, listen, the, the, the fans, have, fans have been great. You know, they're right behind the club, the team. You can see it when we're doing well. They're right behind and really lifts everybody. And I totally understand when things aren't going well. Everyone's entitled to, to vent frustration. Totally get it. 
right? But when we're doing well, they're right behind the players, and uh, they've been really, really good. And it's great that we're going to have that support to to cheer us on um, as we as we enter a very tough game against uh, Wickham. And obviously, as you said, around Gillingham, and then we got Portsmouth after that on a Saturday, and then we got Bolton, you know, and then we got Fleetwood, and then we got Southampton. So there's a lot of games we're going to go and play, and um, they're going to be tough. When you say contrasting styles, they're going to be very competitive. You know, Wickham, Gareth Ainsworth's done a great job. He's been at Wickham for a long time, and he's done great. Got to the Championship last year. They've come down. They're a very tough team to play against. You know, you can listen to maybe what Carl Robinson might have said at the weekend. <clears throat> about their performance against them the weekend. This is going to be a t- this is going to be a battle. This is going to be tough. So we're um, you know what they do, they do very very well, and we've got to be prepared for that. There you go. That's Nigel looking ahead to the game um, with uh, with Wickham. Uh, pressure on him, definitely. I'd say at this point, Lewis. I mean, he he'll be he'll be so frustrated with how badly the season started. And uh, I mean, the, the email from Steve said it earlier. There, there will be pressure on him to sort of turn it around a little bit. Yeah, 100%. There'll be there'll be pressure straight away, I think. You know, we're already seeing frustration grow very quickly. Um, you know, after the game on Saturday, obviously the performance didn't help, but we've, you know, we've won against Crew, then come out and lost again. It was sort of the immediate return to that that negative atmosphere that we saw at the end of the um the Wigan game um as well. So yeah, there's a lot of pressure on it, you know, we as we've said before earlier on this season on the show about how everyone's expectations were raised by, uh, you know, Thomas's ambition and and by what's been said last season and Nigel saying that when Hull were lifting the trophy on the last day, saying that could be us next season and stuff. You know, there's all all things that have led us to to raise our expectations and ultimately, in terms of club stature, we we should be a club that's fighting for promotion. You know, we should be. We, no one has a, a god given right to be in the top six, but we should be given the players that we have signed the manager we have and the experience he has, we're someone that should be fancied to be at the top end. So at the moment, the performances have been nowhere near good enough. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on Nigel to turn it around because, you know, for us as, as supporters, we're finally in a in a time where we've got a stable ownership, an owner that, that seems to care about the club and is a bit more present. And all of a sudden, you know, the off-field issues are gone, but now the on-field ones are taken over. So... There's a lot of pressure to turn it around. I hope Nigel does because I think that he's he's definitely got the CV and the experience to do so. He's done great jobs at, at former clubs, but football is a very harsh business. And, and given how vocal fans have been at the moment about their disappointment in the performances, I don't think, you know, he's got quite a limited amount of time to turn this around. You know, I think it'd be a bit premature now to say that his job's at risk. But as I've said, football is a, a results business. And if we're not, turning this this terrible start around especially in these next four games which aren't easy games by the way um there's going to be a real amount of pressure on Nigel mm, you know P for positivity has just tweeted in saying I would like to hear less talk and see more action all of this old ball about good energy about us in training is meaningless when it's followed up with a performance like the one against Cheltenham if the players care then let them show how much they care uh, on the pitch I mean obviously last week it was you know we, we'd had a really good week in training by all accounts from, from what Nigel was saying um, and if I guess a pre-match interview I mean they have to do them and, and they can't come out so we've been dreadful in training this week uh, there's no we're, we're looking really sluggish on the training ground so it's sort of like caught in between a rock and a hard place there Nathan because there's not really much you can say the only way you can do your talking is with the results on the pitch yeah, of course. I mean, like you say, Nigel's not going to come out again. They've been useless this week. Yeah. But, um, don't know why I bother yeah. sometimes. Honestly, don't. <laughs> yeah. But so, I mean, like, you could go and bang 15,000 15, goals in training. It matters on a Saturday or three o'clock, doesn't it? So, and I think, you know what? Yeah, we've all seen it before. You're going to have off games. Um, and let's hope, you know, that Saturday was just an off game and there was too many people not turning up at the party and, you know. Uh, not turning up with a bottle of wine, they're turning up with a bottle of, I don't know, Mad Dog 2020 or whatever it is, but um, <laughs> cause that's that, how they play. <laughs> I was going to say, that might explain the goalkeeper con- conceding 15,000 goals in training. I mean, obviously it doesn't really matter too much about the sad, but you would ask some questions. if You've, you've, you've let him 15,000, how is that even possible? I'm going to do the maths, um, is there enough seconds in the day to do that in training? I did think I exaggerated a little bit. So, hang on, so see, there's 3,600 seconds in an, in an hour. How many hours do they train a week? About five, 
five or uh, no, about two hours, four times a day, five times a day. Yeah, so about three hours. Yeah, so no, so let's say, all right, let, all right, I'll just put ten. All right, so yeah, I mean, they'd literally be conceding more than one goal a second there, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, but that's, that's yeah, that's, but that's, that's just, why. just sums up the starts of the season we've had, doesn't it? But that's why Ronnie Schwartz has done his calf because he was banging him in. <laughs> yeah, that's what no one knows. <laughs> his, uh, his magazine's injured. He's got an injury. <laughs> Oh, digressed. <laughs> I, I think we have digressed a little bit there. Um, I, I did actually ask. I have a question to ask you, Nathan. In terms of preferred changes, I mean, yeah. I am I am calling for if he's fit for Jonathan Lecco to start in some in some some way on Saturday. Surely, he's got. To. I think I think DJ and Kirk. Um, did, well, I didn't even know they were playing first half, but they were on the pitch. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't think DJ had that little bit of momentum and then he's sort of gone off a little bit and we've been banging on about having competition for places right so we've been going right you know we've got all these players now the wing you know in the wing positions and that if people have bad games we could do it now's the time to do it 100% because what that will say to DJ and to Charlie going listen you had a bad game Saturday listen it happens but I'm going to bring Leco in now I'm going to bring Connor in now because you weren't good enough so you try and get back in and that's how it should work I think for me if you start I'm not scapegoating those two, but just as an example, if you if you then play both of those on Saturday, it doesn't really say much for unless people aren't fit, unless Jonathan Lecco's not fit. But I'm pretty sure he could do f- 60 minutes, you know. So I don't know. I would I would definitely change it up. And after the way he came out in post match, it wouldn't surprise me if you see four or five changes. Mm. I mean, apart, I mean, you've got the letter, maybe Parrot and can play. Is Pat going to get some minutes? I reckon you could probably see a fair few changes. Yeah. Well, I was there. So I make that just under 1.4 goals a second. We've got to concede for 10 hours of training to, in order to concede 50,000 goals in training. So that, that's quite an impressive amount, Nath. Uh, well, to be fair, Jan Kermigan used to do about 28,000 yeah, in training a yeah, day. So uh, those, those days are over. I mean, the, the, important, <laughs> the importance of Saturday's game, it can't be overstated, Lewis, for us. You know, absolutely, we have to get out of this rut. Absolutely, we need to start to see the team jelly. And if there are new players starting on Saturday, they absolutely need to sort of start, you know, start off running, kick, uh, hit the ground running. Because as already mentioned, we, we, we can't afford for this blip to go on any longer now. It, it's sort of got to the stage where it's getting a bit silly and, and it's dragging everyone down and it's going to ruin the season before it's even started. Yeah, exactly that. I think, like I said before, I think the the patience of, of fans is, is wearing thin a little bit and you want to see these performances turn around and I think it's a good opportunity to do so Saturday it's going to be a difficult away trip you know don't get me wrong but maybe we need a trip on the road to try and turn this around you know maybe we need a performance away from the valley you know the pressure off a little bit going in as the underdog maybe that's what we need to you know if we go away from home against one of the sides that are fancied and manage to get something out of that game it'll do us the world of good for confidence so you know, a great opportunity to turn it around Saturday. I agree with Nafe. I think there's going to be changes. I'd like to see a four-four-two personally. I, I think Stockley's just too isolated on his own. We just leave him, leave him up there. People mark him out of the game, and we saw it against Cheltenham. They just, you know, just marked him. The two of them doubled up on him, and every time he did win a header, he seemed to concede a foul. So you need someone up there with him supporting, and whether that's Leco or or Connor, I'm not sure, but I'd like to see that change, I think. Just um, a little bit, you know, to go back to basics, try and play a 4-4-2 and, and just see how we get on. Excellent stuff. Right, just before we leave, I've got an email uh, from David who wants to bring everyone's attention to uh, an evening uh, with two former Charlton players, two former Spurs players as well, Terry Naylor and Martin Robinson uh, doing a fun night, uh, an auction that's going to be raffle and food on Friday the 14th of January. Um, uh, so that's at Blackheath at Newbridge Social Club. Uh, and uh, I'm told that Terry uh, Terry Naylor will be signing copies of his new book. So it's £20 for a ticket. Uh, do a search for Blackheath Newbridge Social Club if you want to go into uh, an evening with two former addicts, Terry Naylor and Martin Robinson. So thank yeah, thanks to David for sharing that uh, information with us. Uh, if anyone wants a link as well, drop me a tweet or, or an email and I'll, uh, I'll send you the link uh, for the tickets. Right, excellent. We've come to the end of uh, this week's big match preview. Uh, very big match uh, for the addicts coming up on Saturday, hoping and praying uh, that we can pick up three points points as we travel to Wickham Wanderers to take on uh, take on Wickham obviously wouldn't be telling anyone else there would we right thanks to uh, Nathan and Lewis let's get out of here I think before we I mean the, the amount of goals we would have conceded in the last few seconds in training is uh, doing, doing my head in, in terms of the numbers let's just get out of here Nathan <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks, lads. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, cheers, Lewis. Cheers, guys. Enjoy it, lads. Good. Cheers, boys. Good. Have a good holiday, good. Nathan. Uh, see you there on Saturday, Lewis. And don't forget, after the game, Lewis will be uh, marauding around the local Wickham area with a microphone uh, after your reaction to the game. So if you see Lewis after the game, uh, go and give him your views on the performance. We'll play it on Sunday's podcast. We will be back on Sunday uh, to look back at that game. Hopefully, it will be uh, a three points, a desperately needed three points for the addicts. Right. Thanks for listening. I'm Louis Mendez. We shall see you again on Sunday. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.